Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. We also let it fly. Like you can say whatever you want. You got the little E next to. <laughs> oh X, yeah, we got the explicit. Yeah. yeah. On this episode of Big Drive Energy, we've got a special guest with us, Mr. Josh Cassidy, world record holder, uh, overall just golf badass, taking over the world and uh, moving into this new wave of golf where it's not just everybody is quiet and doing all this n- nonsense. It's like, hey, how far can we hit the ball? How much fun can we have? Can we can we entertain people with golf? And that's um, when I was like doing some research, that was like your title, official official golf, title, entertainer. golf entertainer. I was like, "Fuck yeah, that's awesome." That's a. W- um, but we got Josh on. We're gonna talk about. We're gonna talk about long drives. We're gonna talk about who knows what. Just like typical B dri- <laughs> big drive energy podcast, where it just goes in, in off the rails into random spots. And it's all brought to you by Pins and Aces. And we actually got Josh a little little Pins and Aces shirt today, yeah, so you can take that. It, guys. Um, we had to get the the largest size they had at the at the warehouse. But, Dude uh, is built like a linebacker. Check, check this out, though. It's got the bombs yeah. on it. It's oh, perfect. yeah, I got you. Dude, the, just I, dropping bombs. Yeah, I exactly. definitely got him the right one, got him the cherry bombs. <laughs> and make sure you're going over to pinsandaces.com. You're getting 15% off with our promo code BDE. Uh, great Christmas gifts. We were just up at the warehouse there selling the shit out of everything. Um, they're, the place is going crazy. They need to build a bigger warehouse. And that's thanks to all of you guys supporting, uh, uh, supporting us and then supporting pins and aces. So make sure you use that promo code BDE at checkout saves you 15% and gets you free shipping. Uh, if you're not in Colorado, shipping is normally not free. So you get the free shipping and 15% off at pins and aces.com. All right, let's tee it up. Hello friends. Welcome to this tradition. Unlike any. Did somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. All right, Josh, what's up, bro? Thanks for coming down. Thanks for joining us. Dude, this is the best. Hell yeah. studio. This is fun. I love the swag. Speaking of Christmas, right? You're going (laughs) to... You guys gonna give each other like polos or head covers? Like, what are you guys gonna do? <laughs> we, yeah, we usually like we don't have to pay for it, which is nice. Well, at least the pins and aces stuff, like they hook it up, so we could give each other just free stuff for Christmas. 
Yeah, that's what you should Does that take start. the meaning out of it, though? Right? Aren't you supposed to spend some <laughs> I think it's the thought like, behind it, you know? It's, you it's the there intention. Dude, this dude's nuts, bro. Like, he... Christmas is just, like, he is... I go fucking crazy. I love... I, I try to recreate, like... I know it sounds corny, but being an adult kind of sucks. So Christmas is, like, one of those things where you can just be a kid again and, like... Spent, like, I spend too much money on Christmas, for sure. Did you put the Christmas tree up in the pro shop? No, fuck that. Come on. <laughs> I got one up at home. I actually just put my outdoor lights up to or a couple days ago. Um, but, yeah, I got Christmas decorations all over the house. I mean, you you guys kind of decorate. Yeah, I put up a Christmas tree, but I'm not... Uh, where I'm actually moving in two weeks. So I got to kind of get out of the, the Christmas de- decoration this year. My wife's super into it, so... And I'm like, no, we really shouldn't put up too much. We're moving, you know, stuff like that. How about you? Are you the big? Po- the big pod's Christmas blowing guy? up, so you got to get a bigger house. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm actually having a kid in July. So. Oh wow! Yeah. Well, I'm not having a kid. I don't think. <laughs> talk about talk about but, being a grown up, right? Dude, That's oh yeah. Real life shit, right? Yeah. We'll get one more dedicated listener out of it for sure. <laughs> we'll we'll put that strap thing. The we'll put our on pod him. on a loop in that kid's fucking crib. Or whatever, what is that room called? Yeah, exactly. Baby room. I jokingly just like say like Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods. So <laughs> just, just put planting that seed in there. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, do we we went all out this year. We uh, went to Home Depot, spent way too much money. <laughs> oh, I love that for stuff that we're gonna use one time a year. Yeah, put up the garland. I'm up on a ladder. I might be tall, but I'm still afraid of heights. I do not <laughs> like getting up there and putting up the the wreath over the garage and everything and <laughs> like let's let's just decorate the like the front yard here let's put <laughs> yeah. up all the blow up things let's oh yeah okay yeah, well real quick getting into your height because you just mentioned you're tall dude and the first time that we met you we were out at inverness and you were hitting long drives and we made a tiktok on the spot which was badass i think it has like seven hundred fifty thousand views now not too bad not a big deal. Do I get I'll residuals think... for that? <laughs> if we got paid, we would pay you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. If we made any money, we would pay definitely pay you some of that money. Um, I mean, I was the funniest part of it. You were the talent, but you know, credit to you. <laughs> no, I was. I wasn't that. The funniest part was I don't know if you saw the end of it, where I was like, "We'll take my drive," and I'm like, literally 120 yards behind you. Know, you. Walmart neighborhood market between the <laughs> yeah. two of us. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So. You have a you have a basketball background, correct? Correct. Because with your size, so give us just a little bit of your your athletic background. Because just until recently, it was golf. But before that, what were you doing? You grew up playing what? All that good stuff. Yeah, I grew up playing everything. Right. I, I've been blessed with athleticism. I played football, baseball, uh, all that stuff in high school, and and basketball just was where I thought I could be the most successful, I guess, at the time, right? Yeah. Like you have a pretty small sample size. Um, so I played basketball, went to South Dakota State out of high school, um, was there for three years, and then went to Fort Lewis College, finished my career there. Started working in finance, got a great job, would play like rec league bas- basketball and Oh, you just run fools oh, or sure People see you come in the rec league game, they're like, God damn it, here we yeah. go. What the fuck? And it's, and it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I'm trying to do something, you know, get into the lane, dunk on some guy or something like that. Yeah. Right? Last thing you want to do is have somebody undercut you, get hurt. So right. those days were pretty, over pretty quickly. <laughs> but uh, I was working in finance, so I played a lot of golf with clients, you know, just entertained on the golf course. And that's where this whole kind of, Long drive, golf, entertainer, that, that's where it kind of started. Uh, got into long drive about six years ago and just been doing that goofy stuff <laughs> since then. Dropping Never. bombs since then. So <laughs> Love that. Um, it's, it's amazing, man. I mean, where we ran into each other at Inverness during that event, um, 
it, it it's what I do. It's like you guys just stepped into my office, right? That's so sick. Yeah. And you know, you guys posted a video the other day about like what a golf pro is like, right? Yeah. yeah. And you know, people ask me all the time, like, why don't you get into like the golf industry and all that kind of stuff? And it's like, no, don't. I don't want to answer phone calls and sit behind a desk, right? So, you know, I'm 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 blessed beyond belief to be able to uh, be on the tee box, support all these charities, these organizations through golf entertainment and and a couple long drives along the way. <laughs> Dude, that's like it's just crazy that that is your job. Like, I because so I've done that once and it was a close to the pin. I'm not the long drive guy, as you can tell. <laughs> really, go no. figure. I would, couldn't imagine. <laughs> when you're that. talking about how blessed you were with like height and athleticism, I'm actually a decent athlete for my size, but I definitely wasn't blessed with the physical capabilities. Like I could shoot threes when I was in like middle school, I could actually rain threes, but being five foot six, five foot seven doesn't really do you any favors when you're on the basketball court. Um, but I will say when I was doing that one, like close to the pin deal and I sat on a hole for five hours, I was, I've never been more worn out because you, you're entertaining. You're talking to people, you're asking them questions, you know, they're asking you questions, you're hitting golf shots. Like what is, does it, are you just used to that at this point or does it still like tiring? Oh, it's exhausting. Yeah. Still. I for mean, real. And there's a certain amount of conditioning, right? Like as we go through the winter, we're just sit on my couch playing video games, just hanging out. Right. Yeah. And then getting back into early spring, we start to travel down to, you know, Arizona, Texas, California, and, uh, Las Vegas. There's a ton of charity events in Las Vegas in the early spring. Okay. That's when the conditioning starts back up. Those events, man, I am unbelievably tired afterwards because yeah. just like you said, you're standing there, you got to be on every single group comes up. There's yep. no downtime. Yep. I would talk to this wall if it would listen, right? I'm, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, no, so all these guys want to talk and have a conversation. Like, how do you hit the ball further? What do you do? Like, what's going on, right? Yeah. How's Bryson DeChambeau? How's the kid with the long hair? Which I hate <laughs> answering because everybody knows who Kyle is. Yeah. Everybody does. Right. And it's great for the sport. It's good exposure. It's all that kind of stuff. But yeah. I have to sit there and answer the same fucking questions <laughs> oh, all dude. the time. Yeah. But, um, but we're there to do a job. Yeah. We're there to support the charity, raise money, do what it is we do. Yeah. Um, so at the end of the day, as tired as I am, I know that I'm out there for a reason and a cause. Um, so it's really, it's first world problems, to be honest with you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Once you take a step back and look at it, you're like, in the moment, though, like some people, you're probably just like, dude, his name is fucking Kyle. I've said this 12 times, like, fuck off. Like, just let me hit my drive. And you don't say that, obviously, but... At the end of the day, you're like, oh, that was cool. I got to fuck. And you probably, all right, so you probably get to meet some really cool people. Who are some maybe famous people or just quirky people or someone that you've met along the way doing this at, at like a golf Feel free to drop yeah. a few names if you yeah, name drop the yeah. shit out yeah. of it. Well, maybe you'll get another listener out of it. Right? Hey, there we go. <laughs> uh, exactly. Yeah, we were just down in, um, my business partner and I, Troy Teal, we were down in Atlanta doing a Brian Jordan Foundation event. And Charles Barkley, Charles Barkley was the first guy up on my tee box. Right? Oh so shit, that's cool. I was like, I'm not warmed up, I'm not prepared, <laughs> I'm not ready to do any trick shots. And Charles is right there. Yeah. Speaking of, he has an amazing golf swing, right? Right down the middle. He was the straightest drive all day. Dude, right? I hate to say it, but Hank Haney fucked him up. Oh, and he'll be the it, first one to tell you that too. Did he really? Yeah, because I, I asked him. I was like, "What like clicked for you? Like what changed? Like it was obviously very well done." Oh, Charles says that, not Hank. 
No, Char- Charles did. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I thought you meant like Hank Haney will admit that he fucked Charles up. But no, dude, I've heard Hank Haney's fucked multiple people up. So, mm-hmm. we, but yes. Maybe I, I should go to him. Maybe he'll help my golf game. My <laughs> golf game's so fucked up anyways. Maybe shut we'll, up, like, bro. Spin it around. I watched I you know. hit that one tee shot. Just the, we had never met you before, nothing. You hit that, What you probably hit over 450. It, yeah, it was probably like 475, but we can call it 450. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, just for fine. round number. Yeah, just for, <laughs> but holy shit. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I don't want to cut you off because I get on fucking tangents all the time. But no, so uh, Charles, Charles Barkley, you know Chris Rock. Chris Rock was out there. Um, what does he going, wear on the golf course? Charles, Chris Rock. Oh, he was just kind of blending in, just a normal guy. That dude right? can't blend in, bro. He's seemingly. I mean, he was just an all black, black shirt, black shorts. Okay, and just, just was his hair dude. up or down? Um, you're thinking Kid Rock. Oh fuck! I'm thinking. Oh Chris wow, Rock. that's embarrassing. Wow. Different. <laughs> wow. Classic mix-up. Chris Rock, the comedian. Okay. Never Do you understand mind. the words that are coming out of my mouth? <laughs> yes. My, I, I meant Kid Rock. That's why I was like, how, how does he blend? Like, because Kid Rock's just an. Uh, yeah, I could see how Chris Rock. He could be pretty low key at times. Like, I could see him being more of a quieter, not like wants to make everybody laugh all the time kind of guy. Is that true? Or is yeah, he, he just. He, all these guys, right? Like that's kind of the cool part about, you know, doing what we do. We go to these celebrity events, we see these guys. I don't want to ask them for their autograph. Yeah. I don't want to be a fanboy. Speaking of, the only time that I actually was a fanboy was when you guys walked up <laughs> on the tee box and I was like, "Oh shit." I've been following you guys since the start. It's like I got to I got to say what's up. Dude, to. that was cool. Usually as fuck, I try by to keep it like low key, like, "Hey, what's up? How's the day going?" whatever. Um because I think they that's they're out there to play golf. Yeah. They're not out there to be on. Well, yeah, and to know. a certain extent, they're probably fangirling over you when you're hitting these golf shots. Like, they're so not capable. You know what I mean? So you're almost, like, cool to them, which has to feel pretty cool. Oh. Like, they want to hang out with you, right? Or, yeah. I mean, you'd think. Well, yeah. I would like to hope so. <laughs> I was going to say, like, that's got to be the cool <laughs> part like for you so. is, like, that you see Charles Barkley, and you're like, dude, this is a Hall of Fame NBA player, like, on TV all the time. But then the second you hit your drive, he probably fucking made some comment or was just like, Jesus Christ. Like, I turned around, his mouth was just wide open. It's like, you ain't never seen that before? Come on. Come on. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. Um, so we'll, we'll try not to get too into We're not very technical on this podcast. But uh, when you started hitting drives and you started to, gr- like, grow this business of hitting long, obviously, it's just a constant process of working out. What is, do you have like a certain regiment that you follow all year round? Or like you said, is it kind of off season or is it more, do you, I mean, you obviously get in the gym a lot, just looking at you, but like, is it, do you focus more on the gym side of it or do you just focus on the golf side of it more? Like where you're like, all right, we need to do golf related workouts. You're not like lifting a ton heavy. How, how does that balance? It is a very fine balancing act, right? Like if I wasn't to work out, and then just go and do 75 charity events hitting 100 balls per event, right? Like my body's just going to be destroyed. The off season is where it's just kind of maintenance, right? Or just grow, build back everything that I lost during the year. Yeah. And then as we progress through the year, in and out of hotel rooms, on flights and all that kind of stuff, you just kind of work out where you can and do what you can do. Uh, I got a phenomenal trainer here um, in Denver that just kind of keeps me keeps me where I need to be. Um, I have a chiropractor that's literally on speed dial. <laughs> I throw my back out or something like that. I just call him up and twist you and up like, like a pretzel. Not again, dude. Like, come on. <laughs> he uh, sees your number and he's like, shit, here we go. When <laughs> exactly. you need to meet. Um, so f- 
for me, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of strength training. Of course, I love to be in the gym. I love to do the bicep curls and everything. I like to look good in my pins and aces shirt. You know? <laughs> um, but there is a certain aspect of rotational strength, rotate, rotational power. Um, there's a lot of guys out there, Justin James, Martin Borgmeyer, um, Josh Koch, who's in the mix now, who will talk about what they do from a physical standpoint to be able to hit the ball further. I don't know what the hell I do anyways. So I can't even start to talk to somebody about, yes, this is what you should do in the gym, X, Y, Z, and you'll hit the ball further. Well, it's apples to oranges because I'm 6'6", six, six, my arm, my, my wingspan's 6'8", right? So I can create that long swing. So I can't start to tell you what I do because it's vastly completely different. Oh, for sure. Well, and so I'm curious, you talked about like, I mean, flexibility is huge. Strength is huge. If you had to say one was more essential than the other, what would you say between the, cause I, me personally, I think it's flexibility. Mm -hmm. Cause I've seen like, we have a buddy, Corey Thurman, who's six foot six, probably weighs a buck 80. Mm -hmm. Like he's rail thin, still hits it. I mean, he, not near as far as you, but he hits it like 330, 340, 350, somewhere right. in that ballpark. Like he can move it and he has no muscle on his body. So like what it, you know more about this. I'm clearly not yeah. a long drive guy. What do you think is essential to hitting it longer? Yeah, I would say it's probably 60, 40, right? You want that you, and it's 60, 40 flexibility to strength. Okay. So that flexibility, you're able to disassociate, right? Create that separation, start the swing with your lower body. Um, and that's all through flexibility. Yeah. Right? You can have that strength and power, but then you look at some of the, the bigger stockier guys, um, guys in long drive, like Ryan Steenberg, he is a, I mean, he's probably five, six, and that might be generous, five, seven. But he, can just move he couldn't even that. walk through this door right here, right? He's just <laughs> wide. He's yeah. Just a fucking he's propane tank with the ears on him. But he has that, he's able, He's a fitness trainer. He's a, he, he does it for a living. So he's able to create that flexibility and have the strength with his size. For everyday golfers, just get on the ground, stretch, get that flexibility going, and you'll hit the ball further. Dude, that's 100% what I tell people because strength is only good if you have flexibility. You can't have somebody out there that can't scratch their own back because their biceps are so fucking huge and they have no movement. They have nothing whatsoever like or like flexibility-wise. They're not going to go out and hit the ball very far. Okay. So it's it's essential to be flexible no matter what. And that's what a lot of people don't get. They're like, oh, how do I hit it further? There, some, you know, I'm sure you've heard a million times everyone asks you, what is like the quick like a quick tip to hitting it further it's like there's no quick tip like it's it's speed training it's flexibility it's it's all that shit so speaking of speed training i want to ask you real quick no free shout outs but this over speed training i've tried it before have you ever done that i don't understand it okay i tried it what is it right it's, yeah it's swinging fast it's getting your body to move faster exactly yeah. activating those like fast switch muscles quote unquote yeah like a runner running downhill kind of thing. Correct. Like t training yourself how to s swing faster. So but why I didn't... not just go to the driving range and just hit 50 swing. balls as fast as you possibly can? It's right. going to be the same thing. Right? Yeah. Having the different clubs or the different weights and all that kind of stuff, I can understand that. But if you swing fast, your body's going to catch up and you're going to be able to swing faster. Yeah, exactly. One, one instructor I follow, he equates it to like driving on cruise control. It, when you're going 60 on the highway and you bump it up to 80, it feels really fast at first. Mm -hmm. By the time you're at 80 for five, 10 minutes, it feels like mm -hmm. 60, you know? So it's, I feel like it's pushing yourself over that um, and just dealing 
with the consequences of where you hit it later. Right. So 100%. And that's why I think like younger kids, when you're working with a younger kid, just have them swing as hard and as fast as they possibly can. Cause you can fine tune all that other stuff. That's what I was going to say. You teach speed and then you learn how to, to hone it in and dial it in, but you can't teach accuracy and then, or you can't show them accuracy first and then try to teach them speed down the line. Cause some people just don't have that gear. Like right. I flat out swing it as hard as I can, I'm at like 110 or 112, maybe. Like, I just don't have that gear. Whereas, like you said, this dude's probably similar size to me. Like, height-wise, obviously, I don't have the muscle, but he's swinging it probably 135, like 130 plus. Yeah. So it's not necessarily about, like, your physical size. Mm -hmm. So it, it it's just some guys have that gear and some guys don't. Right. So here's another one. Where, where When did you find that gear? That's a good question. <laughs> Because I still have videos from the very first event that I did right here at Park Hill. And that was in like 2015. When Park Hill existed. When Park Hill was still open. <laughs> yeah. um, and looking at that swing, there was no there was no hip rotation. It was just all upper body. Mm -hmm. um, and then once you dive into it and you realize that, oh, I just need to rotate my hips, right? I need to point my belt buckle. So much. Almost the opposite direction. Yeah. Um, and then once you kind of figure out those things, it just all kind of fell into place. Uh, and then you try to work on other aspects of the golf swing, right? Initiate the downswing with your lower body as opposed to your upper body, right? Not getting too technical, but you start understanding that and learning that. And you're like, okay, well, I can build off of this. Yeah. And then that's where that flexibility really comes into play because some guys can't rotate like that. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, my golf swing, if, if you look at that video, it's, it's crazy to see where it is where it was and where it is now. It's just because I've been a part of it for so long. Yeah, that's crazy. So with you playing basketball in college, when did you play golf recreationally when you were a kid or in college, or did you not start playing golf till you were out of college? Oh, yeah. We were the guys we'd stop at the liquor store, get 30-pack of beer, and hit the course and just be all fucked up by the time we get done and just have a great day. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, that's... <laughs> Love that. That's how normal golfers play golf, yeah, right? 100%. Um, so we would do that. We'd have a great time, but it was never anything that I thought that this would be what I do for a living. Right. right? Never would have guessed it. So when when did you get to that point where you're like, I think I want to do this like professionally? 2015, I won the amateur here at, uh, at Park Hill, and they asked me to be in the pro event that was the next day because I had a guy drop out. Like, yeah, sure, why not? I'm a competitive guy, right? That's, yeah. you know, obviously through college basketball and my college career, I, it's it's all about competition. So I get there and I get my just ass hit because <laughs> I didn't know what I'm doing, right. right? I think I hit three times. I hit maybe one ball in play. I have no idea. Adrenaline's pumping. Just I get done with the event, I'm driving home. It's like, that's the coolest thing I've ever done. I'm going to go again. I flew out, flew out to uh, Salt Lake City, did another one. And then it's just been this whole progression of I can't stop, honestly, the addiction of the competition. Yeah. I just I just love it. Um, so I'll do it as long as the wheels keep turning and my body keeps going. Um, yeah, it's, it's not something that I, like I said before, it's not something I expected to be able to do. And, you know, I just love the position that I'm in and it's fun to be around the guys. We were just down in Jupiter, Florida doing an event and it's not always that we get to go to these kind of big charity events together as a group. Right. But there was eight of us down there and we just have a great time, you know, share the same stories, talk about the same bullshit. 
<laughs> and um, yeah, that's such a big part of it too. It's not only the competition, it's the camaraderie of all the guys. Oh, for sure. It's almost like a team, like you grow up playing team sports and that's, that's one thing that golf is lacking. It can be lonely as shit. You know, you've traveled by yourself. I'm sure quite a bit. Mm-hmm. It gets fucking boring. Like even just having another couple people to travel with makes all the difference in the world. Oh, absolutely. Like that camaraderie is badass. And it's not like we're staying in Ritz Carlton's and, you know, super nice Marriott properties and all that stuff. We're staying at fucking La Quinta hotels. We're just trying to save a couple bucks. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's not, and we can all relate, right? It's not, and I know guys on the PGA tour, they can relate. Right? Yeah. What kind of jet did you just buy? What kind of house, <laughs> you know, four or five, $6 million house did you buy on the beach? Like all this kind of stuff, but it's, you know, same, same, but different, right? We're all just normal dudes. We just happen to hit the ball really far. Yeah. You know, so in speaking of that, like group of dudes and just the the long drive community in general, it's kind of like taken off, I feel like the last four or five years, right? Like all the big, like the, the competitions are now like televised people, of course, you know, like we don't mention the name a ton on the podcast, but his initials are BD. Like he's kind of changed from being, I mean, he's not a long drive guy. You guys would still smoke his ass, but like he's, he's kind of brought the, that connection between PGA tour players and that, and now everybody like it's almost like golf has changed from the original, like the fun golf, like the guy that doesn't care about golf that just likes to have fun. He is more of I'd rather hit it far than actually play good, and that's fine. Like golf is so like it's a chameleon; it can be whatever you want it to be. If you want to go out and be serious, you can go to a nice course and dress nice, wear slacks, you know, not drink, do all that, or you can go to your local fucking muni, have a thirty rack of beer, have a good time with your boys, crash the cart, you know, just ha- do all that shit. Like it's so it can move so many different ways. But how have you seen it grow as just an overall idea of like not just golf, but like specifically the long drive category of it? Yeah, it's, uh, the biggest part what initiated the growth was having it on golf channel was having a full season of tour events that were televised live that were then replayed for the X, you know, multiple weeks after the events where people can just, if they're watching golf channel, it just happens to be on. Right. I think that sparked the initial growth. And then of course in 2020, right. Golf channel drops the sport. We kind of pick it up as our own and develop our own league, the Professional Long Drivers Association, the PLDA, and we're kind of making it our own, right? Talk about the chameleon, right? It was this and is this now. Mm -hmm. Um, The name we shall not say is uh, a big part of why we have so much exposure, Um, especially when, you know, you're watching Golf Channel Morning Drive, whatever the show is, and they're talking about him, BD, coming to a Long Drive tour event. Right, something right. like that, and then people are like, "Well, what's that? I never heard of it." So they check it out, they watch it. Um, the growth has been amazing for us as hitters. I think we need to get back on TV. I think that would be big. Um, having somebody different than the long-haired dude, the other name we shall not say. Um, <laughs> having somebody different win the world championship, I think, was huge because it just shows that there are actual other. There's actually other hitters out there, yeah. not just him. Um, and of course, Martin's a, a phenomenal dude. He's, he's great. And so I think the sport's just going to continue to grow. Like I said, I just, I think the only thing that we're missing right now is being on TV. And then I think more money will come to the sport. There'll be more opportunity to compete for more money. Um, and that's, that's the next steps for us. Yeah. I think I relate it to just in general, what's crazy about the whole long drive sport is, is getting more, like you said, getting it on TV and getting more people to events 
because it's truly like remarkable. We're pretty, you know, in, intertwined in the golf business. We've been in it since we were 14, 15. We've seen dudes hit the ball far. We've been to tour events. Those dudes hit the ball crisp far. And then like we see guys like you. And when you see it in person, it truly feels like that day we saw you at Inverness. I thought you hit a fucking like a fake golf ball because it literally like, the audio the sound on it was unreal. And yeah. the fucking it's, there's the, nothing. It took off like I was just like, that's so different than me. And I I consider myself like a, like a longer driver of the golf ball in my relatively. Group, yeah, relatively in my group of people, you know, mm-hmm. a 28 year old dude that is pretty good, you know, no, I'm not, but I can shoot even par, but like I hit it farther than a lot of my friends and a lot of people that I compete against now from the, from that spot in, I'm fucking trash, but it's, it, it's just like, a, it's amazing how different it is watching like a guy like you hit the golf ball. And I think it's like you said, it's just that exposure when people see it. And like, I think the, the cool thing that you guys can do too is, and I'll get back to a story about this in a second, but like you guys can like make no- <laughs> make noise and get like excited about it, you know, and that's like part of the cool thing. That's what like it was cool, like just hanging out with you at Inverness. Like you hit one and you're like fuck, you know, like you just know you <laughs> yeah. crunch it and you're like yeah. fuck yeah, you know, like you'd like never see a tour player do that. And that's well, where except it's like, for Bryson DeChambeau. Well, yeah, he's the biggest like, douchebag on the planet. <laughs> yeah, like, and that's where it, see he just makes it. Maybe it's I guess it's him that makes it look corny. It's not necessarily like. A super corny thing he just makes it look that corny because he's he's just corny like so i i don't know but yeah i definitely like the uh like the audio and you're like fuck yeah like well you probably can't do that if you're on tv i don't know or they bleep it um that's what golf needs though yeah it, well exactly that. dude that's you need that's part of, kind of yeah. yeah oh dude that's well i mean and that's just kind of part of like what we are here and i hate to bring this up but like good good they you do you know what good yeah. good is yeah. okay they act like they're like tour guys and they're all very like censored and they it's just the weirdest thing to me like they're they're like i guess i just don't really understand the concept like sure they hit stingers and this but there's so many like they're not entertaining to me right and that's the like you said a lot for a lot of people like watching golf on tv might not be that entertaining you get somebody mic'd up that's motherfucking themselves all over the place they think they're like this is awesome like this is relatable this is what i do on the golf course so that like for sure we need more of that in the game what's the dude he's a irish guy tyrell hatton yeah Yeah. oh dude he's hilarious him yeah when he hits a bad shot it's like yes yeah yes i love watching him play because Mm. you never know what he's gonna say or what he's gonna do exactly but yeah he's the only guy on tour that you know, actually does that. Kind actually of stuff. lets it fly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, so speaking of golfing versus long driving, and we've seen guys like Jamie Sedlowski was like the, really the first long driver. I think both of us can remember. Cause he was kind of like the stalwart in, in that industry for a, a good period of time. Um, and everyone's like, well, if you hit it that far, why can't you play professionally? And I know he played in a few PGA tour Canada events. Mm-hmm. And then you see like, Kyle Berkshire on TikTok, and you're like, how does this dude not go shoot fucking 62 everywhere? You know, he's hitting two iron 350 yards. Yeah. He's hitting dri- he's hitting driver seven iron on a 650 yard par five. You know, so and obviously they and I, I'm not you got down to like a plus one, right? You were at one yeah. point a plus one. So what do you think? Is it all short games? That's where everybody automatically wants to go, or is it just control? Is it dialing it back? But like, obviously, the, there's a reason 
that you guys can, and I'm not knocking you, but there's a reason you can do that, but then not necessarily go out and make it on tour. Right. Cause there's a, there's a line there. I think while we're on the topic of lines, no, not those ones, you filthy animals. We're going to tell you about some lines over at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR. And for this NBA season, all you're doing is placing a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they lose. Denver Nuggets are a minus one favorite tonight in Portland. So I'm going to be hopping on that. I'm going to get in on the same game parlays with some extra bets like Nikola Jokic over seven and a half assists, Nikola Jokic over 20 points, Aaron Gordon's been on fire. His line's usually around 14. So I'm going to get in all those with the stepped up same game parlays. And the more legs I add, the bigger the boost I can have. So I can turn a small little bet into a big payout and continue to ride that money all through the rest of NBA season. So make sure you check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR and you're betting $5 to win $150 in free bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Something else we want to tell you about is the new diehard level membership over here at DNVR and All City Network. All Colorado sports games are on at the DNVR bar with game sounds. So come through, enjoy 15% off your entire bill as a diehard, and you also get discounts on tickets to all our events like our Broncos tailgates, Nuggets takeovers, and Avs takeovers. You get a diehards only Discord, 20% off merch, you get a free shirt at sign up and every year thereafter, and diehards only bonus podcast coming soon. So make sure you're checking out thednvr.com where our New comment section will also be, so we're adding this to the podcast. Shout out to our boy Nick Scott who suggested this. So head over to thednvr.com under podcasts and Big Drive Energy. You can find our weekly podcast, and you can go in there and leave a little comment for us at the bottom, which will be read on the following week's show. So make sure you're heading over to thednvr.com, podcast, Big Drive Energy, your favorite podcast, of course, and leaving us a comment at the end of each episode. We'll read it and comment it on it at the end of the episode on the next show. So make sure you're doing that. We love getting interaction from the people and hearing what you want to talk about. Now back to Josh Cassidy. For me in, in my golf game, right, I lose so many strokes off the tee box because, yes, the ball may go 400 and whatever yards. It may go 380 at sea level, whatever. But is it in the middle of the fairway? Yeah. Okay. Is it out of bounds? Is it under a tree? <laughs> yeah. Is it four fairways over? That's, right? that's Spencer. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's like me four holes in a row. Like, okay, that one's good. That one's under a tree. Oh, that one's out. Fucking re, re-tee it. That one, like, we play, uh, where do we play that one? We played uh, City Park. City Park or, uh, dude, I love courses like that because I just fucking blast it. And I'm like, cool, three fairways over. Yeah. I got an angle. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. I know. And it's you learn how to play the game that you have, right? Mm-hmm. So being yeah. able to play that kind of golf, like, yeah, I got this over the tree. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The hard part for me is when I play in scrambles with guys. Because I'm like, yes, let's take this ball that's 50 yards away from the green. Yeah. Well, you got to go over oh. a tree, hence <laughs> short sided. Maybe you got to go under the tree, whatever. You got to have these different shots. But that's that your we're game. accustomed to. Yeah. Right? We, yeah see, we know how to hit that shot. Yeah. See, I want to play like. So me. him and I, Spencer and I, when we play a scramble, I'm fucking right down the middle, like 280, 290. Yeah. He's bombing it. And then he's like, 
yeah, let's fucking take, like, you got to flop it over a tree, over a bunker, like, short-sided dude, pin. A, a fucking club head or a club length will get us out but of see, this tree. But see, that's, like, yeah, yeah. That, that's his mindset versus mine where I'm like, I felt I'd rather have 100 yards in the middle of the fairway. But that's just the game you get accustomed to. Because yeah. like you said, you learn how to play your game. Right. So that's fucking hard. But I think it's interesting that you say you lose more strokes off the tee when automatically everybody thinks that a long driver is gaining so many strokes off the tee. Right. And there's, you know, there's a stat, right? Strokes gained driving. Yeah. And that's a very real thing. Mm-hmm. But just because we hit driver far doesn't mean our irons go normal people distance, right? That's <laughs> yeah. that's the other side of it. And I think that's a big part of why Jamie um, didn't have the success that he should have had when he had those opportunities to play. Yeah. On the Canadian tour, you know, having a couple PGA tour starts and things like that is because from 100 yards out and in, we could hit a 64 degree. Yeah. Okay. Well, what other clubs do you have when you have a 70 yard shot? Yeah. Right. Then it becomes a percentage game, Mm -hmm. touch, feel, being able to hit something close. Well, if you catch it a groove low, you get a little, little chunky, that ball is going to either be backside of the green or you're going to be short side again, and then you got to chip it up. Okay. The biggest issue for all of us as long drivers is filling in those gaps when we play a normal round of golf. So you would say, well, why don't you just hit iron off every tee? Well, that's no fucking fun for anybody. <laughs> yeah. So yes, in theory, like, we so, should. Yeah. But we're not going to do that. Yeah, why hit eight? Well, okay, so let's let's get into your stock yardages because I'm interested. That's exactly to hear, where I was going. I too. want to hear this shit. Yeah. So let's start. Wedges, you know, it's arbitrary because, you, you, like, obviously you're not going to be swinging 110% at a gap wedge. Hopefully not. Because <laughs> that thing would probably fucking break the ozone layer. You're hitting it so freaking high. Um, but go iron, nine iron all the way down. Give us give us your at altitude. So you grew up yeah. here, so you're, well, you live here. Like, give us your numbers at altitude, like what your stock numbers are. Yeah, it's, speaking of altitude versus sea level, that's when it's a friggin' disaster is going down playing at sea level. Oh, Anyways, dude, yep. yeah, but, it's insane. Um, a nine iron for me, uh, is, that's my 200-yard club. Free stock, <laughs> free stock 200. Um, that's fucking awesome. And then it just kind of goes up from there. Eight iron, 215. Seven iron's a pretty stock, 225. Okay. Um, six iron's about 240. And, you know, a pitching wedge for me is about eh, 175-ish or so. And do you play stock uh, lofts? Yes. Okay. Now, now I do. Did I've, you just have kind of cranked up a or, bit Okay. Where I started with a sixty degree, got it to where the yardage I want. I wanted a hundred yard sixty degree club. That's that's what I wanted. Yeah. I like the flight. I like how high it goes, spin, all that kind of stuff. And then I just kind of backed into it. Well, you realize that when you get to like a seven and an eight iron, you're bending that club almost eight degrees <laughs> to get it to fill that gap. Oh, that for 15 sure. Fifteen to twenty yard gap that I'm looking for. Yeah. And then it was, you know, I'm playing with guys and like, what are you hitting? It's like, well, I'm going to hit a nine iron here. Okay. But don't club off of me because my nine iron's actually a pitching wedge loft. And so then it just becomes just a well, mental mind fuck up. Well, do, yeah. And that's, I, I was just starting to think about that. Like technically in order to control your distances better, you would add loft, but that has to be a nightmare with your club head speed. You can't control trajectory, which basically controls distance, you know, as a better player like you are, 
you you don't want to hit it a mile high because then you have no chance of controlling distance. Right. But then you lower loft and you're hitting a fucking a pitching wedge 200 instead of 180. Like that. Right. Like what do you do there? You know what I mean? Well, and I hit a lower ball anyways. Okay. Just, for whatever reason, I feel like I can control it a little bit more. For you know, sure. I play with other long drive guys that literally, like you were saying, hit it to the moon. Yeah. How on earth can you control spin? What the wind's going to do to it? What the actual distance going to be? Hundred percent. I just can't even. I can't even begin to look at something that goes, you know, three hundred feet in the air, whatever the <laughs> apex would be. Yeah. Spe- speaking of, I'm not really one of those number guys. Yeah. Right. So yes, I have my stock yardage, but it's like, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen when I hit this thing, right? Because <laughs> yeah. maybe, you know, I'm a, usually a thin guy because I'm trying to hit it up with a yeah, driver, right? It's kind of hard to you know, adjust to get it back in my stance to stay down on top of it. Well, then I trap the ball and then it goes like 40 yards further because it comes out low and left. Right. I mean, yeah. You're speaking Spencer's language. Right? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Completely I'm just on a different scale. Music to my ears. Uh, but so speaking of equipment, so you said you're not a numbers guy. Um, you're not the guy we won't talk about and worried like, which I think is actually like commendable. It's actually cool to me. Like where you're not like enthralled with that all the time. But so you're you're a Callaway athlete, correct? Mm-hmm. Mitchell's also a Callaway athlete. Very different levels of athlete. Look at us. Um, <laughs> we're the same. same. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but so did you go through a process, though, of getting like, did they reach out to you? I mean, you can shout out Callaway. Obviously, we don't have to like not. I mean, Mitchell's a big Callaway guy. But yeah. did you do some testing and, and that and where are you at with the clubs that you have? Do you think mm-hmm. that like Callaway's because some some things we've seen, too. And I've seen, I'm a Cobra guy, but like there's certain clubs that I've had for three, four years that like, I don't think anything's better. And you don't have to necessarily shit on Callaway's 2022 club if you don't have it. But like, have you, did you do a whole like testing thing where you're like, Hey, I want to see, cause being a long drive guy, uh, you're, you're already focused so hard on your, your golf swing, hitting the ball in the center of the face, which sounds so stupid to people, but they're like, most people I'm like, they're like, how do you hit the ball further? I'm like, dude, you could swing. 10 less percent if you just hit it more in the center of the face it's already going right. further yeah creating um, so you're worried about all that stuff but you can't be held back by technology mm-hmm. like you like if you go out there and hit a cobra driver 358 and then you hit the callaway driver 356 like that two yards could mean you winning a competition or not yeah. so did you do a lot of testing with that and find what's best for you well with long drive equipment there's only two or three different options. Oh, right? really? Okay. So, you know, Kyle, Bryson, you know, those guys, they're swinging Cobra long drive heads. And for us, for the longest time, Cobra wasn't even around long drive. They were back in the day, then they kind of went away from it. Yeah. Ping used to be a part of it. They're out of it now. Um, but Callaway was kind of the, that was the pinnacle of the sport. If you were a Callaway long drive team member, you were somebody. Yeah. Right? Um, Crank is the other company in the mix. And that's usually what everybody else hits. So it's either Kank or Kank, Crank or Callaway. Okay. Um, 2018, 2017, I made it to the top 16 of the world championship. And that's when Callaway, they were like, you made it to the top 16. You want to hit our product next year? Like, hell yeah. Why not? Yeah. Right. I'll get a bag, get a set of clubs, like all that stuff. Like, okay. yeah. 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 Uh, so I've been with them ever since. And, you know, what's ironic is, not shitting on Callaway by any way, shape, or form, but we are long drive team members. And so we get long drive heads. So I get the bag, I get, you know, four or five heads a year, and and that's about it as it pertains to my relationship with Callaway. Okay. Would I love for it to be more? Yes, absolutely. 
but you Kyle, have to are have you listening yeah right. <laughs> check, check marcelli you, you guys hear but you know i have to keep it realistic right what value do i bring hitting callaway irons not not much right other with than those low poles you know stuff, right? the, like i know <laughs> Might, might fix them a little bit. Or, or just their um, advertisement, stock 9-iron 200 yards. Yeah, yeah that's like some fucking product. Yeah, that would, sadly enough, that would make people fucking buy it. But And it was fun as hell. I mean, I got to do some pretty cool stuff with them, right? Like, I was their big and tall model a couple of years ago. And, you yeah, know, you we, walk ja- into, we jacked that picture for our uh, graphic with you. you so you'll yeah, see Yeah, you that. walk into yeah. Dillard's, you see my dumb ass just on the, <laughs> on the billboard for Callaway big and tall golf shirts. Like, that was pretty cool. That was fun. It was Hell yeah, that's special. sick. Um, but right now, in terms of irons, man, I mean, I'm I'm playing new level irons. They're a small company based out of Scottsdale. Oh hell yeah! Um, had a good I actually think I've heard of them. them. Is it in NL? Yeah, the logo. Okay, yeah. yeah they got yep. a bunch of Champions Tour guys, and, and they're yeah. they're winning with them. So, kind of experiment with those for for this season. And you know, I got down to as low as I've ever been. So that's I'm awesome. going to keep them in the bag for a little bit. So you're shouting them out. Give him a little shout out. Yeah, for sure. And uh, what's actually funny, so the shafts I'm playing, like you would think I would be, you know, in my irons, like a KBS C Table 130 or something like that, just as heavy as heavy gets. Yeah. Um, I'm actually playing a graphite set of irons, 110 gram, extra stiff. Uh, They're standard length. And you play standard length irons? For whatever. Yeah, I don't. Do, well, I, kn- I know you got a long wingspan, but like, what do you just look like? You're fucking hunched. Uh- <laughs> part of me, part of it was to be able to control the gaps a little. That bit, makes sense. Right? Yeah, um, and it's it's helped. Yeah, um, but it it goes to show like you don't have to fit into this mold, right? Your swing is this. Your your club head speed is this. You hit your seven iron this far. This is what you should use. No, not quite. Experiment. Try yeah. it out. See what works best for you and your swing. And it might be something vastly different than what conventional golf knowledge would be in terms of fitting. Mm-hmm. I tell guys all the time, you want to hit the ball further, use a 48-inch driver. Yeah. USGA rules state you can use a 48-inch driver in amateur golf. If you're playing on the PGA Tour. If you are playing on the PGA Tour, you're not asking my dumb ass how to do <laughs> okay? But for an amateur golfer, why not use a 48-inch driver? Yeah. Most guys don't swing it fast enough to get into trouble left and right. If you hit it straight enough, you should be able to use a little bit longer shaft, two, two and a half inches, it's and hit the ball. Yeah, it's a lot. You <laughs> hit the Mitchell ball. Mitchell thinks two and a half inches is a lot. <laughs> no, sorry to cut you off. Like, do you remember when Cobra made the long tom raw or the long tom back in the day? No. This is this is probably 2012, 2011. They made a 48-inch driver. And it, I, I tried it because I was that kind of like distance slut at the time. Like mm-hmm. I was like, I'll do anything, you know, um, and I hated it. I just I and I actually play a short driver, which I guess makes technical sense. I'm not trying to gain any distance, but I just noticed that there's a control variable for like, I feel like I'm a 20 handicap with a longer driver. It's mm-hmm. weird. And maybe it's that con- cruise control, you know, 80 versus 60, like just get used to it and just swing right. it more and just get used to it. But on the subject of shafts versus heads, we're talking about golf here. What, what do you think contributes? Because these these manufacturers drop a new head every year, and it's marketing. I hate to say it, but it's mostly marketing. Yeah. Um, so give like coming from an actual long drive guy, what is the like? Give us a comparison of what percent 
shaft needs to be dialed in versus the head. Like for you personally. Oh, he's a Zen guy too. Love to see that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this, this is brought to you by Zen. Oh, Zen. not yet. <laughs> we're trying, we're, bro. We got yeah. the sales team on it. I just ordered a free 50-inch TV from their rewards program. If he, I was on the golf course the other day. Some dude told me about that. I'm kicking myself because <laughs> I probably would have had three of those fucking TVs Bro, in my house. Yeah, I enter 60 codes a month. Boom. Fucking yeah. 10 month work. Unbelievable. <laughs> free TV. And I have a free poker table and Nespresso because of it. Well, <laughs> yeah. I'm saving all of my cans from now on. And it was like last, I think it was last week. I was doing an event in Vegas. Oh, You're yeah. maxed out for the month now <laughs> on the, on yeah, the codes. Just, just start going through my trash can and find all the empty zinc cans yeah. that I've had this month. <laughs> So for me, and what I've been able to experience with shaft versus head, I honestly think the head is completely irrelevant. Yeah, 100%. It is all about look, what feel, shaft you play. Yeah. Um, the head is just, it's cosmetic. Yeah. What looks good to you on mm -hmm. the ground. Because a 10 and a half with Titleist, Cobra, and Callaway, for the most part, yeah. right? couple hundred rpms of spin difference between the two they're gonna go about the same distance yeah the shaft is is everything i would argue maybe head weight could be a big part of it too because that's fair some of those drivers have with swing heads. weight and yeah 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 but you know shaft is the shaft is everything mm -hmm. and that's where I, you know i got buddies of mine that they're like well i'm gonna get the new callaway i'm like okay we'll go on ebay and buy head only yeah keep that shaft that you already have that you hit dead ass straight yep and just swap it out yeah. Right. Stay in the same family, but just, you know, if you want something new and you want to just blow money. Yeah. Or, okay. Right. Well, and I've noticed too, when I've like fallen in love with a certain club, it's always more about like the way the shaft responds. Mm -hmm. You know, when you feel that club and you're like, I never want to get rid of this. Mm -hmm. For me, it's always about how that shaft kicks at the bottom. Mm -hmm. You know, you can, depending on what your weight preference is, I like to go a little bit lighter. Like I'm like, 65 to 70 in my driver versus you know i'm sure you depending on the driver you play you probably prefer 75 80 90 what what's the highest gram like driver shaft you've the new craze right now especially in long drive so there were three guys using um this new it's called a tpt shaft there was three guys what, in the world is that the manufacturer using. yeah okay um eddie fernandez he won the senior division world championship Kyle was using it, I think, maybe. Don't quote me on that. But I know for a fact, Bryson or uh, Martin Borgmeyer was using it as well. Okay. Open division, world champion. 39 grams. Holy shit. Dude, I think, do you have one? No. You showed us a really, really light shaft. Yeah, I use what? a Patterson shaft. Okay, a Patterson. That's what I've used for five years now. Okay, so what gram is that? Dude, I probably should know that, but it's probably, I would say, yeah, 65. Okay, and that it's, ballpark. it's on the lighter end of what was out there for us to be able to use. For sure. Yeah. To be able to withstand our club head speed. Yeah. Um, but what, what we've changed over the last few years is the stiffness of the shaft. Most guys, you know, they'll grab my shaft, pun intended, right? Um, <laughs> nice, um, dude. Um, Fucking pop. Congrats. There, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Where you can. Um, so most of these guys will they'll pick up my equipment and be like, oh, this is probably stiff as you know a piece of rebar. No, it's the exact opposite. It is so flimsy. It just it waggles like a pool noodle, and that's simply because we want to load it up top, 
and then release it down low. That makes and sense. And that's where this TPT shaft, at the weight that it is, you're able to swing that thing like you're swinging a toothpick. That thing's like a fucking fishing reel. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, and that almost makes me like wonder, like, is there any question of quality of materials used at that level to where like you could snap a shaft? Like with that, you know what I mean? With that yeah. speed? Like I just, for me, it doesn't physically or doesn't mentally compute that you can, a, a dude swinging it that fast can use that light of a shaft and somehow the forces that you're putting on it mm -hmm. don't just like snap it in half. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how they make it that light and it, it still withholds. Yeah, that's no fucking idea. insane. Um, Eddie was, we were just down there at that event in, in Florida and Eddie was down there. He put up 156 mile an hour club head speed. Jesus This Christ. dude is like 52, 53 years old. What? Putting up that number of club head speed. It's crazy. That's but obviously he's a great long driver. Yeah. Obviously he's, he's very successful. He's won two world championships, but how much of that is the shaft, right? For what, sure. what happens, you know, Bryce, or, uh, Martin's putting up, you know, 156, 158 mile an hour club head speed as well with that's, it. So that's my ball speed. <laughs> that's my fucking ball speed. That's fucking insane, yeah, dude. That's fucking holy shit. It. Um, so going into long drive competition, this is an actual like because I do not know the answer to it. Do you get to choose your own golf balls, or do they have a specific like golf ball that they make everybody use so it's as even as possible, if you will. Everybody uses the same bowl. Okay. So they supply them. Um, you know, we have, typically we have the four slots, one, two, three, and four. And then you walk up there with just your drivers and your tees. And then the balls are just right there in a bucket. Okay. So you grab the balls that are designated for that spot. Okay. And typically they're all different colors. So then when there's grid workers, like when you hit a ball that's in the grid, yeah. there's grid workers working out there. They have walkie talkies to the person sitting behind you watching the ball flight okay and they can call back what your number is so then it becomes you know we have the live scoring and all that stuff so yeah. they know you kind of know where everybody stands and you can differentiate right. what's out there in the grid uh it used to be there was just like numbers on the balls and it would just get all mixed mi mixed up you know we could be hitting the maybe the balls are it goes into the wrong bucket and we both hit ones okay well is that legit? No, but colors, you can't make that mistake. Yeah. So it's all the same. Um, we hit Volvic a couple years ago. Then we moved to top flight. Uh, the world championships were actually, they were Bridgestone golf balls. Okay. So maybe we'll be hitting Bridgestone for, for years to come. I don't know. Dude, Bridgestones um, move. But that, yeah. I mean, I with you guys the out there, anybody, <laughs> you yeah. guys move anything, but like Bridgestones have actually tested out as one of the, yeah. and I think Volvic, the S4, and like Bridgestone mm -hmm. were two of the top distance balls like actually third party tested right so that kind of makes sense but yeah it's I, fascinating being out on a tee box hitting all these different balls every day right and yeah and i don't have a i don't have a ball sponsorship i'm always looking for one though <laughs> but uh you know i hit whatever balls i find right like if you were to just give me this like some of those some of those got mud on them those are the perfect golf balls those <laughs> tend tend to fly a little bit straighter but you know which balls are going to go further so i know which balls to use for the trick shot i know which balls to use for a driver i know which balls to use when somebody gets out of the cart and they're like oh this dude just hit it like 400 yards back here like, okay well i'm not going to use the shitty ball because obviously i don't want to get out driven right. so i'm going to use the good ball and kind of put that dude in his place um, but the ball is, it, that's almost a bigger part of it for me than like shaft or club or driver head or any of that stuff. I, I tend to hone in on which ball I'm using. Cause I know which one's going to come off the face square. It's not like it's going to 
you know, compress like a marshmallow. Yeah. yeah exactly. No, that makes that makes sense. Um Hey, can I take a phone call from my mom? Oh yeah, yeah go for it. Oh <laughs> <laughs> you got it. I'll call her back. I'll call her back. Dude, mom's important. <laughs> um so one of my probably my I mean we could go on for forever, but I'm gonna ask my last question at least. Doing what you what you've found um like with long drive and everything and just seeing everyday players because I know there's a certain there's not a right answer to this, but I know there's an answer to this. What do you, in your findings do you think a draw goes further than a fade? Or is it, I mean, because technically in a vacuum it shouldn't if you have all the exact same numbers, spin across the board, everything. But when you get out there on like the circuit with all those long drive guys, what do you generally see them hitting that is going the furthest, whether it's on the grid or not? Right. That like you said in a vacuum right they should be the same yeah as long as the spin numbers are the same yeah they should go the same mm -hmm. but if you're hitting a fade typically that takes you know more of a left path with an open face right yeah to go left to right um that's going to create more spin spin left right there yeah so for, for us out there we're trying to hit we're trying to hit a right to left ball flight that makes sense to hit a draw yeah for a right-handed golfer i am a left path guy i can't get out of it Right, I just can't. So I come across my body outside yeah. in. So I try to almost hit like a pull hook for the most part. I'll aim up yeah. the right side of the grid and just try to pull that. Just, just swing yank that the thing shit out. out of it. Yeah. See, dude, and actually, it's funny you say that because I think for your general average golfer, they they have more rotational freedom hitting a fade because they're most people when they try to teach themselves how to, to draw they're really hanging back their spines tilted away from the mm -hmm. target they're not rotating and that's where you create speed mm -hmm. so you saying you're a left path guy that almost makes sense and i've watched your swing and your hands are relatively high at the top mm -hmm. um i mean you have pretty good depth around you at the top of like you know what i'm talking about with how far your hands yeah. are around you um but just from a rotational standpoint i would think that a fade frees you up a little bit more just to swing at it yeah you know what i mean instead of like when you're drawing it everyone's like keep your back to the target blah you know all right. that bullshit and it's like you're not creating speed like that you know what i mean you're not i guess you can rotate your lower body but your upper body you know there's a disconnect there where you're trying to drop it more inside because like you said your hands are shooting out at the top out mm -hmm. in front of you and that is effectively how you consistently ball strike like mm -hmm. that's how you're a good player i'm sure if you got a long drive guy and were like hit a draw, like maybe they try to hit a draw just on their everyday round and that's why they suck because mm -hmm. they're hitting fucking snipers. They're hitting huge pushes, yeah. stuff like that. But from an effective standpoint, like just strictly being able to rotate and swing every single time consistently at a shot, I would think a fade would be an easier. And that's why I think it, it works for a lot more people. Um, partially most 99% of people's club faces are open to the target. But I think it gives you a little bit more freedom. But like you said, then you talk about spin loft and you're you're hitting a higher spinnier ball and mm -hmm. that there's issues with the long drive there. But I mean, it just makes sense to me that you would fade it more effectively and like almost swing harder in a way. Yeah, because it allows you to put that ball further forward in your stance. Yep. Right. So, you know, typically for me, I have the ball about a driver head length inside my front foot okay and that's kind of that's kind of my general start and then if i'm still pushing it to the right i'll move it a little bit further back it definitely feels like you're kind of encroaching on in the impact position 
when you move that ball further back from yeah. the driver. Mm-hmm. But I think you're you're spot on, right? When guys are trying to fade that ball, they can free swing it. They can have it a little bit further out yep. towards their front foot, but then hanging back, open face, you get that big <laughs> banana slice. Yep. Um, I just, I can't control how much that ball fades. I just have such a hard time doing that. That's like the most relatable sentence anyone's ever heard that plays but, golf. But then it's on the other side. I can't control how much that ball draws. Yeah. So I try to just, you know, I know that if I aim far enough right. And just pull And the even shit if out I pull it. hook it. Yeah. Pull hook the hell and back. It still has a chance to be, whether it's on the grid or whether it's on the golf course. Yeah. It still has a chance to stay on the golf course. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I think most amateur golfers, yeah, they just they watch a couple YouTube videos, they go to Fuck. Hank Haney and <laughs> whatever, um, and that allows them to free up that swing, play that driver forward in their stance, and then they just make do with what they what they got. Yep, that makes sense. So talking about you, I know you have a couple. Are those world records still standing? Dude, it's been a nightmare working with Guinness. Well, you would I, never so imagine. So I, I read the Golf Digest article, yeah. and I was like, okay, he's yeah. got yeah. The, the, the longest drive kneeling, yeah. which if you look that up today, it still says it's the Asian dude that correct. hit it 296, which is not correct. Yeah. Um, and then the longest drive with a putter, mm-hmm. which is incredible, 313, I want to say, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And then okay. the other one was b- backwards, like mm-hmm. the longest drive backwards, right? Yep. Um, so... I kind of read a little bit about it, but, and you don't have to get too, like, what is that process like? like and is it, are those yeah. the only three you currently have? Not the only, yeah. are those the only three fucking world records you hold, bro? You, yeah. But uh, yeah. The, and then on that day, so I broke four of them. Uh, longest club throw was one of them as well. Yeah. I, saw, okay. I actually saw um, that too. So I had all the different news outlets out there, had the Golf Digest article, had all this different stuff. To, in order to break a record with Guinness, you have to submit an application. Yeah. And then it takes like three to four months for you to get a response back saying, yes, you can now break that record. And then you have to have all these different, you have to check all these different boxes. Mm-hmm. And, um, you have to have a full footage of it. You have to have the media documentation and all that kind of stuff that you then send into them. So I had everything. Had probably 25 people out there watching. It was right after a Boys and Girls Club event at Cherry Creek Country Club. And... So I had all these people out there watching, so that wasn't an issue. Had the, the news channels there, all that stuff. Send in my documentation to Guinness. Longest drive with a putter. Well, I didn't have a golf professional, which I am, right? At right. the time, yeah. um, I was considered a professional golfer because I won money in golf. Yeah. Okay, well, you would think that would check the box. Yeah. So they sent <clears> me a response back. Yes, you broke the record, but you needed to have a golf club professional verify the record. What? Okay. Well, so did I break the record? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it's just been this back and forth with having them go through the verification process and make sure that all Jesus. of them were legit. What do they have, like three employees that work at Guinness? That's what it seems like. <laughs> Unless I wanted to pay $3,500 per record to have adjudicator out of the, out there that would have had the plaque, that would have verified everything. But it's $3,500 So they literally make you pay to set the record. Correct. <laughs> and I guess that's a marketing tool for your career, but... Fuck Still. that. It's Still. you're yeah. you're contributing to their book right. and their bullshit, not not the other way around. Like right. that's ridiculous. So I'm still looking for, you know, there's a couple other ones I want to do. And so this year, um, we're gonna do a few other ones. Fuck my, yeah. my business partner Troy and I, we're gonna Well, I am a PGA professional. So we're gonna we're gonna have the boys out there. Fuck yes. We're gonna <laughs> Let's have do the boys that. there. 100 percent If you do in Colorado, we're there. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We're definitely gonna do it. We're gonna do it where we have the uh, long drive tour event up in Greeley. 
Bigfoot, oh. Bigfoot turf. It's just the flattest piece of grass you've ever seen. It's it's arguably the best venue for long drive in the country. No shit. Hell yeah. It's just out and away. Yeah. Right? Talking about growing the sport, right? We need to have an event right here in the middle of Denver. Right. So that everybody can just stumble upon it. That's yep. how we're going to grow this sport. Exactly. Yeah, like, can you hit a golf ball over that building? It's like, yes. <laughs> yes, I can. Yeah, absolutely. You know? That's what I'm here to do. All right. One last just golf, like you're saying golf course question. So you... Obviously, the long drive thing is is your kind of your staple. But you are you still in the mode of like loving the actual game of golf? And to piggyback on that, do you have not necessarily two different golf swings? I hate like calling it that. But like when you go play around, like if you're if your buddy's like, hey, let's play for a thousand bucks or whatever gets your dick hard, you know, like some people it's different mm-hmm. amounts of money. Like, do it, is there a different kind of like swing? Do you first of all use a different driver on the golf course, and then second of all is like is there a different overall mentality of how you play like can you dial it back or is it just like in you now where you're just like okay i'm gonna hit as far as i can use this driver that's in allowed in a Mm -hmm. regular competition and then just go from there it depends on which course we're playing right if we go out to city park like you were talking about i'm gonna hit 48 48 inch driver i'm gonna just spray it wherever i want yeah right because i'm probably gonna end up driving four or five greens out there that seems i'm gonna make some money right um well, I say four. I'm a long driver. I'm not a straight driver. Right? So, <laughs> no, that's uh, fair. That you're, you're not talking distance wise. You're talking like if you hit it straight enough. And we're going to put, we're gonna put in the par threes in that four that I'll probably drive. Okay? All right. You're just uh, talking about greens and regulation at this point. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but 100%, it is a vastly different golf swing. Um, for long drive as it pertains to actually competing, I get super high on my right side, try to drop down hard in and use the ground up into the ball. I'm going to stay more level, more my weight distribution isn't going to be the same as if I'm actually competing. So I might still use the same driver. You know, if we go to a course like down in, let's say we go down in Scottsdale or we go play CGC, right? Which is arguably one of the hardest golf courses in in the state of Colorado. Yeah. I'm going to use a 45 inch driver. It's going to be a long drive head because I blow up the other ones. I long drive heads are a little bit thicker. The face is thicker. So oh, okay. they hold yeah, a little, little bit more explode durable. Explode it. <laughs> So I'm going to use a shorter driver, but I'm going to loft that thing up as much as I possibly can. So it's going to be like seven and a half degrees of loft. Oh, okay. Um, and my swing is going to be, I'm going to try to play those cuts. I'm, I'm not going to try to, you know, drive it 400 yards. I'm going to try to hit it 360, 370, somewhere yeah. out there, somewhere in play. Right. And try to play some sort of cut that, like I was saying, may or may not stay on the golf course because... When I use a shorter driver, it's heavier. It's not going to bend as much. It's not going to kick as much. When I'm out there doing those charity events, that's when I aim all the way right and just hook it to hell and back. When I'm actually playing golf and trying to shoot for score, I'm going to aim up that left side and just try to hold it off with a heavier, stiffer shaft. Um, iron swings, same deal. I'll play like a six iron from you know, 210, 215 and just try to give it like a little half swing. Yeah. Just try to run something up there, flight it low, get it to run, not get myself into trouble. Right. So it's two vastly different golf swings, long drive and actual on the course. That's awesome. And would you say most, like, do you guys go when you're at like a long drive competition or hanging out with the guys, like you said the other day, do you guys go play golf? And then like, everybody's kind of that same where they're like, you're all like trying to dial it back and it's like a group of shit. It's fucking, that's gotta be pretty funny. Last week we were playing and there was, like I said, seven of us long drivers out there. 
Uh, we played this course, uh, Palm Beach National. They let us go out as a sevensome. Oh, fuck yeah. Which was amazing. Hell yeah. Uh, we played, uh, it was a scramble, four versus three. And when us long drivers get together, it's a long drive contest every single hole. <laughs> oh it doesn't matter. Right? So we're all just swinging for the fences, just having a good time. And that's, you know, to me, I love playing golf. I would play golf every single day if I could. And it's, yes, it is what I do for a living, but it just never gets old. The yeah, addiction you know? is real, bro. Yeah, and like it, you said, I mean, you can you can button it up and go play it in the nicest courses, and you can dial it back, hat backwards, shirt untucked, <laughs> just go out there and just have a great time with the boys at some uni track. Oh, yeah. Hell it's yeah. the beauty of it. Well, dude, this has been awesome. Appreciate you joining us, man. It was fucking... This is a blast. We got to do... Yeah, can we do this again? It. Yeah. yeah can you be a recurring guest? Absolutely. <laughs> Love that. Fuck and yeah. dude, you got to have us... Like, if anything in Colorado you do... Or even if it's not, just give us enough time. We would love to be at that because that shit's fun. That we shit is be, so sick. We'll be back in uh, in June of next year, 23. We'll be in uh, uh, up at the Bigfoot Turf Farm in Greeley. We'll be back. We got to be there, bro. Yeah, yeah. We gotta, we'll, we'll be there. Be there. Well, uh, get tell you in the amateur side. Dude, I'll, I'll fucking, I'll break myself. <laughs> he'll, he'll I, go. I always try to get like to 200 ball speed at Top Golf, and I, I can never quite get there. I'm usually like. 185 190 but like by the end of that i'm like i've had like seven vodka sodas i'm like fuck my back hurts i gotta go with those balls putting up 200 i didn't say i did it though well but even i was if you close could, even if you could with those balls that's like 210 212 with a normal ball yeah maybe probably nice. somewhere around there juicing me up a little bit i like that yeah, he, yeah you're full of shit we just want to get your money yeah <laughs> we just want you to come out yeah me. oh yeah <laughs> dude fucking hustlers i'm sure well, make sure you follow Josh uh, Twitter at Cassidy underscore golf, right? Yeah. And then Instagram Cassidy golf or Cassidy. Same underscore. deal. Cool. Yeah. Cassidy underscore golf. That's C-A-S-S-A-D-A-Y underscore G-O-L-F. Uh, we appreciate you all tuning in to Big Drive Energy. Make sure you give us a rating, whatever uh, platform you're listening to this on. And uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of Big Drive Energy. Peace. Thanks, fellas. <laughs>